Hello and welcome to the Accidental Muralist podcast. My name is Pam Concier. I'm the founder and the sole person working on this podcast. It's a little uh, one person operation here. And I'm also the founder of All Hands Art, which as the name implies, has the mission of getting as many people involved in making art as possible. I think it's a way to enrich your life by being involved in the arts in any way, at any level, in any medium. Today, I wanna talk about comfort. This has come up in a few conversations recently, and I think even though we see comfort as a positive sort of, you know, by definition, something that makes us comfortable, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around it and um, sort of explaining things away. So I guess one place, so I know that I'm going to make myself uncomfortable in this little talk today because I have a lot of thoughts about this and they might not travel in a straight line and I might paint myself into a few corners, but that's okay because one concept that I try to remind myself often is that growth demands discomfort. Those are the words of Danielle Dulski, but I will um, adopt them myself. Growth demands discomfort. We, we have this concept of a comfort zone and a comfort zone is a really nice place to be, but it's not a place to live your whole life. Um, I think that I was think I was making some notes this morning and thinking, I don't think it would be anyone's aspiration to have on their tombstone, she stayed comfortable. Because when we think about that in terms of describing a whole lifetime, to me, what that would read is she didn't try anything or risk failure. She stayed safe. She lived a small life and never got to find out what she is capable of. So I think it's easy for us to think of comfort as a goal. Um, and I think one one sort of um, dichotomy, I guess, I, I, well, the way this came up in conversation was with a friend who is getting ready to retire. And I think for many of us, because I've talked to a lot of friends who I'm about that age where a lot of my friends are retired or retiring or thinking about it, and there's this notion of how much money you need to have saved up in order to comfortably retire. It's a very logical thing and it's something that we're taught is a responsible thing to do. Um, and I'm not arguing against that, but I think in this conversation, um, my friend is very uncomfortable in her current job and so at one but but worried about not having enough savings to feel comfortable to leave her job 
And so I did point out at one point in the conversation how much discomfort she was currently putting up with and calling it comfort um, because she has a check coming in and, and predictable income. Um, so that got me thinking of like, how do we define comfort? What, what do we fool ourselves in some ways into thinking of as comfort? And how is it related to scarcity? How is it related to enough, enoughness? So all of these things I think are connected. And then that got me thinking about where we place our ideas of comfort and whether those sources are, are reliable, like where would be the most reliable place to put our sense of comfort. And it made me think of our training as a culture. We are trained to put our trust and our faith and our security in things that are outside of ourselves. So in, this, in the case of comfort, it would be um, mostly money. Sometimes that money is in the form of a job or it could be in the form of savings or the form of like potential future ability to earn money, which could have something to do with our training, our education, um, our status. And so those are all sources of comfort that we sort of perceive that are outside of ourselves. We have something to do with it. You know, we, we were involved in our training to a certain degree. Um, and, but we're buying into this idea that comfort is external. Um, we often think of it in terms of our home, or our living situation, our beds, <laughs> our couches, the places we sit and lay down and, you know. And then that, that brings me up to another thing that I think is really common. Um, f as a person who is divorced, there is a comfort, and I would say the same thing about about people in a position of wanting to leave their job, which has also been me um, about 15 years ago or so, in both cases. There, we it's, it's like the devil you know is more comfortable, quote unquote, than uncertainty. And so I think that in many cases, we allow ourselves to stay in situations that are actually truthfully very uncomfortable, very unhealthy, damaging to our psyche, to our bodies, to our soul, for the sake of what we have convinced ourselves is comfort which mean, might mean the security, again, of having a financially stable situation, um, even though it's untenable in every other way. We are, we've been taught, because that's how capitalism works, that money is the thing. It's everything. Money is the thing that defines us. It defines our comfort. It defines our status. It defines our value. It defines um, our happiness our worth, um, everything about us, we are told by our culture, by the pounding of cultural messages all day, every day, that money is the thing that 
you know, we need to make every decision based on money. Um, but I would argue that there's a different kind of comfort that comes from self-trust. And self-trust is built when you put yourself in uncomfortable situations. <laughs> there's, there's a quote that I wrote down by Michael Mead, someone who you've heard me quote a hundred times. Um, Adversity creates opportunity for genius. Comfort removes it. And he talks a lot about um, getting into the right kind of trouble. And if you're not getting into the right kind of trouble, which by that I think he means like healthy risk taking, putting yourself out, trying new things, uh, focusing, like listening to that quiet voice of that tells you what you came to earth to do, which requires sort of shushing the very, very loud voices from all around us in the culture that tells us what we should do and what we should aspire to and how success should look. Um, but if we're not putting our, if we're not taking those risks ourselves, then the trouble comes to us. And I, seen that in myself. My trouble came in the form of um, bodily of cancer. Fortunately, it was minor and treatable, but it was my body's, you know, having had having given me many, many, many signals before then that I very diligently ignored and talked away until finally it had to kind of stop me in my tracks and say, hey, you need to make some changes in your life because this mask of comfort, which is staying in your current situation of a job that is sucking your soul and a marriage that is demoralizing you, that needs to change because you're here for more than that. You're here for, you know, you have some things that you are here on earth to do and you're not doing them. And so Adversity found me, gave me a chance to um, first become really uncomfortable and do some things that were hard because I had to get myself out of those situations, which was, you know, by nature full of uncertainty because um, I only knew what I knew and what I'd been doing for a long time. Um, but the but what happened in the process of doing that, and this is what I see with friends who do start taking those little chances and those little creative risks. And I'm, ta I'm not talking about being reckless and you know, burning your life up in flames, but just taking small steps toward the thing that your heart is craving, even though it seems illogical, even though it seems pie in the sky or frivolous or whatever, but it you know that it's the thing that kind of lights you up. Often it's too embarrassing to even say out loud, um, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. But once you start taking those little steps and then s seeing what the universe puts in front of you, because you don't have to know how it's all gonna play out, you just need to take a step toward it maybe sometimes that looks like a step away from something and you have no idea where you're going toward but you know what you need to move away from that was kind of the case with me or i 
I knew what I needed to move away from. I had an idea of what I wanted to move toward, but it felt too huge and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Audacious. But I just took little baby steps kind of in the general direction of it, but in a much more modest way. And by that, I mean the thing that I wanted to go toward was art making. The thing that I felt like I could do was away from teaching, out of my marriage, toward some kind of entrepreneurial work. And in the first incarnation, it was a business called Handy Gal where I literally, like my tagline or whatever, what my mission was, I will help you with that project you need help with. Like it was super undefined and very general and broad, um, but it got me away from what I had been doing and towards some other version and it allowed space for art to be one of those projecty things. And I was starting to make murals at that time, so that was, in the bucket of things that I was doing. Um, but I didn't have to say out loud to the world, I want to be an artist now because I was not ready to do that. But I took little steps and it was, I didn't know what I was doing and it was uncomfortable. But as I learned by doing things that I didn't know how to do, what started growing inside of me, and this is what I see inside of other people and what I know is inside of everybody, is the capacity to do things so far beyond what we think we can do. And that's why I kind of gently nudge friends of mine or people that I know or coaching clients of mine who have these nuggets of ideas or or just know the thing they need to get away from i encourage them to not again you know jump off a cliff and go all in with both feet but just take a step or two in that direction because again i will say it you don't have to know where you're going you don't have to know what how it's all going to play out and I think if you do think you know how it's going to play out, you're going to be in for some big surprises because <laughs> we just don't have that knowledge. We, we can't predict the future, even though we think that we can and, and we see that as some kind of security, having the plan. Um, things don't go according to our plan. That's been my experience and looking around the world, that's kind of, I think, how it works. But having the experience of having taken little steps seeing like hey I didn't know I could sing in front of people just as an example from my own life of something in the past few years of, that I have surprised myself with like oh I didn't know that I was brave enough to open my mouth and sing alone in front of other adults and if I can do that I wonder what else I can do that i a few minutes ago didn't think I could do. And once you start building this repertoire of things that you can do that you didn't think you could do, it, it sort of snowballs into habits of trying new things. That's what I think. I've been an entrepreneur for about 15 years now. I have no idea what my work is going to look like in 
a year from now, two years from now. A year ago, I had no idea I would be teaching classes through Portland Community College. I didn't know I would be teaching little flamenquitos, little four and five and six-year-olds how to dance flamenco. Five years ago, I didn't know I would be interested in flamenco. Fifteen years ago, I had no clue that I would become a mural artist. It's all been a big surprise, and I think I think that's the fun of it. I think that's where life can get really juicy, is when you open yourself to curiosity and just trying things, taking that first step, letting the universe get involved and sort of lead you to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then you end up having these very rich experiences Hopefully some you'll earn a living somehow, whether it's, you know, doing a job that you kind of keep compartmentalized because you need to earn a living and then have your real life outside of work. That is okay. Maybe it becomes your work and people pay you for doing these things that you had no idea you could do, which has been mostly my experience. However you do it, um, I think we would all benefit from shifting out of the need to make comfort the goal. I guess that's how I'll summarize today. I know I've wandered all around, but where we started with was comfort. It's not the goal. I don't think that you want on your tombstone the words to say, she stayed comfortable. If you do, I'd like to hear more about that, like what, what that means to you. Um, because I think there is a lot of really juicy experiences waiting to happen if you are one of those people who's been playing it safe and doing all the right things and following all the rules that your culture taught you and staying within the lines and and waiting your turn and doing the projects that your boss gives you and you know you know because I know a lot of you um, and I was that person and I was really good at my job that was killing me um, so and it was an important job teaching in a public school. It's a very important job. I was good at it. I liked it a lot of the times. And it was killing me. All of those things were true at the same time. There's, there's more alignment to be had. If your body is breaking down, that is a sign to you. If you get a pit in your stomach on Sunday evening, that is a sign to you. If you have certain ways that you spend your days that you wish you could do all the time, that is a sign to you. If you have secret desires that feel so outlandishly uh, luxurious in, and I don't mean luxurious like a luxury vacation resort, but luxurious in like, oh my God, I could, I can't even imagine somebody paying me to do that thing. 
I want you to spend some time with that thing and maybe find the tiniest, tiniest step you could take in that direction. That doesn't mean I'm telling you to quit your job and you know throw your all of your eggs there because you don't know what's going to happen. But could you break it down to the tiny, like maybe it's searching, doing a little bit of research, or maybe it's finding somebody who is in an adjacent field and either connecting with them personally or watching a video online or an interview or just finding out that somebody exists who is doing that thing is a step in making it more real. There are so many ways that you can just make a movement without risking everything. I am not, I am fairly risk averse in a general way. Like I don't, I'm not a thrill seeker in like a skydiving um, or a big, like start a big company and have a launch day and invest somebody else's bajillions of dollars in it to see what I can make. That is exactly not the kind of risk taking that I do. I'm a risk taker in very <laughs> like physically safe ways of putting myself out to do things um, that take me out of my comfort zone, teaching classes that I don't really feel qualified for, or I know on some level I'm qualified, but I might not fit the stereotype of, you know, the, the person who would teach a class like drawing at the museum, because I would think a person who would teach that class would go to museums, love museums, know a lot about what's in the museum, and spend a lot of time drawing. And I'm, I don't do those things, but I've been teaching this class because it seemed like a good risk for me to take. Um, singing in front of people right now is a good risk for me to take. Dancing alone in front of people is a good risk for me to take right now. So those are the kind of risks I'm talking about. Um, talking to you right now, turning on the microphone without a real clear idea of what I'm going to say, and then publishing it, that's a good risk for me to take right now. Nobody's getting hurt. I'm not physically in danger. Um, the worst that can happen is people will roll their eyes and be like, well, that was not impressive. I don't, I don't really care for that. <laughs> and I can handle that now. Um, that would have been hard for me to take those risks about 15 years ago because I was very much into staying in what I had convinced myself was comfortable, which was more like a, um, you know, like a, that maybe it's a cliche, but like the flower bud that stays closed for fear of what might happen if it opens up. Um, that was maybe a little bit more where I was. And then I will just reiterate again, once you don't need to know, I, I think this is the third time I've said it now, you don't need to see all of the steps toward where you're going. You don't even need to know where you're going. It's helpful to know what you're moving away from because that gives you the general direction of where you do want to go. And then all you need to do is take one tiny step and then open your eyes and your senses to what comes in front of you. Maybe it's the next step. Maybe then once you're in that place, maybe then you see the step coming after that. 
and what that might lead to. And then pretty soon you'll be in a place doing things you had no idea you were capable of doing. In my experience, as I've said, once you have a little track record of doing things that you had no idea you were capable of doing, it builds this almost like permanent state of curiosity of like, well, what else could I do? You know, maybe I could do this, maybe I could do this. And you get, you build these muscles. And then comfort, going back to comfort, there is a place for comfort. Comfort though, I have come to believe is a, a space you create within yourself. Maybe it's a daily routine that you can return to, to sort of get your bearings, um, take care of your own needs, get quiet, tune in with your body, uh, pray, have a spiritual connection, tune in with your ancestors, feel your place in the universe, and that can provide immense comfort and a feeling of support for then going out into the world and making yourself a little uncomfortable by trying these things that you haven't done before. So comfort, I have come to believe for the, in the last few hours that I've been contemplating it this morning, is best something you cultivate inside yourself, not something you rely on from the external world. The job, the bank account, those things can be helpful, but your ultimate source of comfort is where you reside within yourself. Do you trust yourself? And I have found that trust, building trust within yourself, it requires silence, it requires time alone, it requires looking inward, paying attention to your body, listening to your own needs, taking yourself seriously, believing that your needs and your desires matter, and feeding your soul with the things that nurture you. And then you can, you can um, exist in the world in, and put up with a bunch of discomfort because the world is kind of falling apart right now. And there is a lot of discomfort out there, which is just another reason to not rely on the external world for your comfort. It's got to be an inside job. So I don't know if that, I think I'm wrapping it up now. Um, if nothing else, I've maybe put out a few things to think about, about comfort. Um, comfort is really embedded in white supremacy. I just want to say that too, like the the right to comfort, this idea that as white Americans, white people born in the United States, we deserve to be comfort, comfortable. That's a very, that's an attitude that's seeping with white supremacy um, because nobody in the world is, like nobody is guaranteed comfort. That's not a thing. Nobody's promised that we will have a comfortable life. Um, and in, in the US, in our system of white supremacy, there's this effort that's been made to offshore and outsource all of the discomfort in order that we can have big houses and um, convenience foods and the appliances we need to do the work for us and whatever, 
whatever else we've been told through capitalism will make our lives comfortable. Um, the discomfort has been in most cases hidden from us, the, the child labor, the, the destruction of the earth to mine these things for the little toys and gadgets we have been told we need. All that is pretty much behind the scenes in order for white Americans to, to have this facade or mirage of comfort. So I think it would be good for all of us, me and my fellow white people especially, to just sort of let go of this idea that we deserve to be comfortable all the time. It's not really helping anybody. Um, and it's keeping a lot of people in, in unlivable circumstances. So go out, take healthy risks. If, if, if we don't, they tend to find us and they might not be as healthy. Um, so put your heart in it and um, maybe shift your ideas of what comfort is. Find it in yourself. I think I'll leave it right there. And I, I do make myself available for one-on-one -on -one coaching because I, I have done a lot of reading and I continue to do a lot of learning around these topics. And I love working individually with people and hearing their stories and where they are at and then just really supporting people because there's not a lot of support out. There's not a lot of messages in the culture that are supporting these ideas. And so I think it's important to have somebody on your side as you take these steps. Um, Cause it's, you know, you might feel like a salmon swimming upstream against all the cultural messages. So feel free to reach out to me if that's something that you would find helpful. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Pam at All Hands Art. You've been listening to the Accidental Muralist podcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on my website at allhandsart.com. And there you will also find my blog and information about other things that I do. And I will catch you next time.